This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I am Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, you know you can subscribe to the podcast, where fine podcasts are always available, including the odyssey.com app, where we love having you on board. Daryl, how are you doing today? Uh, we did uh, We did a show together during the week. It was very exciting. We just left our show, and now we're going to yap a little bit more here. What do you got for me, my friend? How are you? This is, as you refer to it, the fifth hour of the show. That's what it feels like today, doesn't it? I apologize to you. That's okay. Not a big deal. Um, any grumblings or happenings with the Browns? Um, as we, Rodney McLeod picked up, that was a big story. I mean, how big could it be? I, I think when I look at that story, I'm like, okay, they picked up somebody who's got experience, um, ties to your new defensive coordinator, and I think this is one of those time, one of those guys where they do need help at safety that they can, where Schwartz can put the, put this uh, "I'm a new guy" card down and say, "I want this guy. He knows my system. Uh, this is my honeymoon guy. This is the guy I want." Am I crazy when I'm thinking here? Or does that make sense? And the reason I say it is because he's over thirty, and that doesn't normally fit the Browns' mo. Well, he's a twelve-year vet. Um, he is coming off of. A pretty decent season with the Indianapolis Colts where he was a starter, started 15 of 17 games for the Colts, had his first ever career pick six late in the season. I could use uh, a couple of those next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he he's a reliable player. Um, when you look at his uh, career, he started 138 of the 156 games uh, that he's appear- appeared in. Uh, he goes way back to the St. Louis Rams days. So you know he's been in the league. Wow. Time, right? Back in 2012, he was an undrafted rookie free agent, spent four years with the Rams organization. Before. Has it really been 11 years? It's been a long time, man, since the, the Rams were in St. Louis. It's uh, been a, a, more than a decade? I mean, they, they settled the court litigation and everything. Like, a lot of stuff has happened since the Rams moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles. Wow. I, it just, doesn't that feel like it wasn't that long ago? Well, I uh, was like, what was it, sixteen, seventeen, or something? 
But yeah. Four, yeah, the four years that he was with the Rams, they were in St. Louis. Hmm. Uh, his last year there was 2015. So uh, then he moved on to Philadelphia, where he uh, eventually teamed up with Jim Schwartz. They won a Super Bowl, of course, uh, his uh, in the 2018 season there, uh, and then uh, spent last season with the Colts. So, like I said, he's a veteran, knows Jim Schwartz, uh, what Jim Schwartz is going to expect of him which obviously is important. He'll be able to provide some veteran leadership. People around the league just rave about this guy. As, as far as when you talk about like locker room chemistry, things like that, he's another locker room guy similar to Anthony Walker. And let's be honest about it, Andy. The way the last two years have gone, they, they kind of need some, uh, some locker room guys. How much of this is on Schwartz? I mean, like I said in the beginning, and giving him the tools, what they drafted three defensive guys. Um, I, I'm looking at this team trying to figure out that pressure that Jim Schwartz is going to have on him, how long the honeymoon period lasts, because he is totally in the honeymoon period right now. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, some of the things that I've heard said, it was like, I, I mean, I, not that you want to live your life out there, but, I mean, if anything should go sideways, yeah. seems like he's right there. Yeah, I, I mean, considering what they're transitioning from, um, yeah, I would say that there's a little bit of a, cultural change there is as far as uh what what's his messaging to his players is right here in the offseason program so yeah i mean he's obviously preaching the same things that joe woods did as far as like accountability goes but i think that schwartz has a completely different way of going about ensuring that there's account that there's actual legitimate accountability right how, how do you but how do you feel about this defense going into the year i think that on paper they look better every year everybody team looks better on paper but i think there's a legit off-season upgrade in what they were able to do yeah i mean on paper everything looks great on paper has never been the cleveland browns problem it's been on the field right so on paper everything that andrew berry has done this offseason looks good it makes sense He's added some depth. He's filled the starting holes where he's needed to fill starting holes, right? He uh, brought in four defensive linemen through free agency, um, you know, added a couple in the draft. You know, we haven't seen the official undrafted rookie free agents. We'll get those next week. But um, he's going to have to tweak the roster to, to make room because they can only have 90 guys on the roster. So there might be a move or two or three that he's going to have to make. But – it's really hard to argue with what Barry has done this offseason, and it's hard to criticize it. And, yeah, he's going to bring in guys that Jim Schwartz likes. Sure. Duh. Like, that's what well, But GMs I'm saying, do. but I mean, but there are GMs that have guys that fit the mold that they want, and they'll bring in guys that might be borderline. I Like, these are the, the guys that they're bringing in now, and I do think it's a partially honeymoon period is, that you're bringing in guys that directly are like, hey, I want that guy. Like, Right, McLeod's a, I want that guy, right? Because right? he doesn't fit the typical let's bring this guy in because he's over 30. Let's just – I mean, that's the rule, you're, right? You're, you're referencing the guardrails. But, yes. but, keep, but keep in mind, this is a one-year contract. So you you the guardrails apply to multi-year contracts and big-money contracts. That's the difference. This is a one-year contract. What do we have, five guys over 30 on the roster out of 90? Nah, I mean, if there, you look, there, no, I think there's a few more than that. But if you go back and look at last year's raw, I mean, you had like three, four, uh, never more than six. But it's not guys like, over thirty. It's not like previous regimes where they would sign a 32 year old to a four or five year contract and give him big money. That's the, that's the difference, right? All the big money is going to the players that fit specifically within those age 
uh, guardrails, right, and mm-hmm. position guardrails. So where have the Browns spent big money? They have spent big money at quarterback. They have spent big money at offensive line. They've spent big money in on the defensive line, especially defensive end. Uh, they have spent big money at cornerback, uh, thinking specifically of the contract extension for Denzel Ward. Right. Um, they have spent money at running backs. So they extended Nick Chubb. I, I guess you call that big money. I I don't know necessarily that I throw that in there in the same because to me big money is like fifteen million plus per year. Sure. Right. And Chubb's around the the, the, the twelve range. So uh, the other way to um, look and, at and, it is and the number one wide receiver is the other place where they have spent big dollars because Amari right. Cooper's making twenty million dollars. But the rest of the receiving core they're making pennies on the dollars, so it averages out, right? Right. So. Um, when you look at the the roster construction, team building, however you want to phrase it, like Andrew Barry has spent the money where you expect him to spend the money. There isn't anywhere where you're like, holy crap, I can't believe they spent money there. On a backup running back or, you know, backup depth right, like, linebackers. You know, Kareem Hunt's gone. The reason why Kareem Hunt's gone is because, well, there's no use paying a guy $6 million that you're going to struggle to get five carries a game to. Because Nick Chubb is going to be. What's going to happen to him? I'm still. I'm. He's unsigned. There's a couple of guys around the league that it's surprising that they're still unsigned. Like this is the, as they call it, they like to call it the second and third wave of free agency. And Zeke's still out too, right? Yeah, Zeke Elliott, I think, is still unsigned as well. It's it's really weird. Um, I mean, look how long it's. The Ravens officially finally got Lamar done, pen on paper. It is done, but yeah, I mean. The free agency is still going. I mean, there's rumors that the Browns might be interested in Frank Clark and adding another defense, uh, veteran defensive end to that mix. A little would be a you little buying su- or selling? It would be a little surprising to me, but I'm all in favor of it because I think the more experienced and proven players you can put on the field in a year in which you're expected to win, Andy, well, that probably is a better formula for success than piecemealing guys that are unproven. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. When we return, we're going to talk a little bit about some other names that are now floating around in Berea that will have a job coming up this season, or at least be trying for a job coming up this season. And the rookies are coming to town. It's always game day in Cleveland. Hey, Ohio with mobile sports betting now live. We know that it can be a bit overwhelming deciding on which sports book to use. That's why we wanted to tell you about BetQL. BetQL is your one stop for all things sports betting related from betting analytic trends to expert picks. Head on over to the BetQL app or betql.com to get informed and get your betting win streak started. Use code OH25 for 25% off your first month. Head to betql.com slash news slash 92.3 the fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. The rookies are coming to town. What does that mean, Daryl? Especially in a year like this. One if by land, two if by sea? Maybe that's possible, but you also didn't have a first or second round pick to come in and show them where the new bathrooms are and where the new bathrooms might be, according to the plans out in Berea where they're going to mix things up at the facility again and do a little bit more construction, but that's not really my point. My point is, is that the rookies will be here uh, early next week. Is it early next week? Yeah. And then, you know, what happens? What does that mean? Uh, it's rookie mini camp. Okay. That's where they get their initiation. Welcome to the National Football Thank League. Thank you, sir. I'll have another. Uh, yes. <laughs> Is Kevin Bacon going to be there? They're, they're going, they're going to uh, – the, uh, the honeymoon will be over for them, right? Yeah. They're done with the introductions and the hugging and the, hey, welcome to the – Go now put on your be, best suit. Yeah, that's let's, done. Let's uh, get your butt on the field and let's start running some drills. And this is what's expected of you and all that. Yeah, I mean, um, 
it's it's almost anticlimactic because again they do, they didn't have a first or second round pick. Um, I think that the contributions of this draft class are going to be negligible at best. I have no expectations whatsoever. What whatsoever, and I'm not criticizing the class. I just I'm trying to temper fans' expectations here. Like so, let, let's be realistic. It's a rookie minicamp, but that means what? How who can be here? Uh, rookies under and undrafted rookie free agents and camp invites. So they'll, you know, like, uh, you know, rookies that they don't sign as undrafted free agents, but they say, Hey, come on out. Uh, nobody who was on a practice squad right. last year. Can, uh, can, can I, they go or not? Uh, I gotta go second year. Some of the rules on this. Yeah. Yeah. The, the kid from Baldwin Wall. Cause I gotta like, be honest. He's, yeah. he's doing the jets camp and he's going to do the Browns camp the following weekend. Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, He's he's a camp invite. He's not, right. you know, he's not he's not been signed. So he's auditioning. And then after the rookie camp, it becomes okay of the camp invites who gets signed. You know what I'm saying? Is there someone that's going to impress the coaching staff in the front office that they ultimately decide to sign after rookie mini camp too? So, um, I mean, all eyes are going to be on Dorian Thompson Robinson because yes. hyphen. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to fit in well. Because we don't have enough hyphens around here, right. do we? Uh, I can't wait to see that back of that jersey, by the way. It's going to be a long jersey. <laughs> it's going to be a long nameplate. He should probably only take a one-digit number. But let, let's be honest about it. Like, all eyes could be on him because, you know, he's the, the rookie quarterback that's uh, been added to the mix. And there's no pre- he's not going to play. There's no pressure for him to play. He's not coming in to save the franchise or anything like that. He's a you know, developmental player. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's going to be a real anticlimactic rookie minicamp for the Browns this year. All right, let's dive into the wide receiving room right now too, especially because they picked up Marquise Goodwin, um, Daryl. I'm just as you look at the wide receiving room, how does it look to you, Anthony Schwartz? It's been nice knowing you. That's your biggest takeaway. Yeah, I just I don't see a way where they can keep him. Do you? Uh, no, I. This is a so Jeff and I get caught up in these conversations all the time. And when I look at the wide receiving room, I mean, here, let's just go through this real quick. So um, Cooper's here. There's no doubt about it. Elijah right. Moore is here. No doubt about it. DPJ's I, here. DPJ is here. I just don't know where he lands on the chart anymore. I think David Bell is going to end up being here because it's only year two for him. He, so for he's, sure. not going to move on from him. What do you, uh, Marquise Goodwin, so that's five. Right. And Cedric Tillman's not going and anywhere. Jakeem, and Jakeem Grant is six. How do you look at Jakeem Grant, though? That's the question. Yeah, but he still counts as, as a receiver. So I think he's the seventh wide receiver. I think you keep seven, and that's the end of it. And then he... He's a slash. So then basically you have Anthony Schwartz, Dalen Baldwin, uh, Michael Carley. Woods. Oh, Michael Woods is hurt. Yeah. That's right. Um, Mike Carley, you know, Michael Woods, uh, uh, Jalen Darden, Marquez Stevenson, Isaiah. Like, yeah, he, that's what you got competing for one spot. Hmm. I, yeah, and then, like, I'm just trying to figure out because I, look, I think Cedric Tillman is that other guy. I like my my six plus Jakeem Grant. Okay. Okay. I'll give you my six. Okay. Mari Cooper one, DPJ is your two, Elijah Moore's your three. Okay. Okay. Uh, Marquise Goodwin's on the team, not going anywhere. David right. Bell and Cedric Tillman. I think those are the six plus Jakeem Grant being this the the seven slash returner. I think that's the receiver room. I just. I don't think there's room for Schwartz, Woods, Darden, Baldwin, Harley, Stevenson. What? I just, there, there's no room. The only way 
and I hate speaking in, in, in these terms because I am a little superstitious, um, is if injury changes the picture. Well, I'm with you on that too. So, But, again, when you start the numbers game, okay, so we're talking seven wide receivers, right? It, including Jakeem Grant, yes. Yes, and so you do that. Okay, so if you're going to keep seven wide receivers, you're probably only going to keep two active running backs? I think that that's where you cut. Or maybe one less tight end. Even there's though- no way – Kevin Stefanski is going one. I, I like. There's no way they're not walking in with three tight ends. I he will have three tight ends on that team. I think they have to have three tight ends, but um, I think that you keep one less running back. So when you look at running backs, it's Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford is two. Then your third guy has got to be either Demetric Felton or John Kelly. I know Nate McCrary's in there too, but like I, I just think it's a it, it's a three running back room. You can't have four guys on it. So I, I think that that's the position that you have to sacrifice that extra body. Yeah, because there's and, no way you're not what you're – I mean, David Njoku is locked. And, and Jordan uh, Akins isn't uh, – Akins, yeah. right? Yeah, the, he's totally in because he's – I mean, if you're Watson, you're loving him, right, coming over from Houston. And then Harrison Bryant's not going anywhere. Yeah, I just – I think they like him. I, I like him too, don't you? Yeah. Um, I think that on the offensive side of the ball – yeah, there, there, there's no position battles. I, I agree with you. It's going to be a lame camp. Well, here's where the position battles are. What are they going to do as far as depth on the offensive right. line? But what I mean is, like in the starting line, starter starters and role players are set. The position battles on the offensive side of the ball come training camp will be for the back end of the roster. It's weird, isn't Re- it? Reserves on the offensive line. How many offensive linemen do they keep? And who are the backups? That's that's where the position battles are on the offensive side of the ball come training camp. And then See, you, them well, going to West Virginia is not the worst idea in the world anyway. Yeah, let's touch on that for a second, too, because we didn't have a chance to. So like, I, I, Y'all I, ain't going to miss nothing. Well, I, it's not. like I, I, Y'all I, ain't going to miss nothing. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Like, I just the other part of it it was when I first heard they were going to Greenbrier. I don't know if we talked about this last podcast or not. I was like, oh man, are they taking days away from what would be in Berea? And they're not. Nope. They're not. This is a byproduct of being in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, we were you telling me or somebody who's like absolutely slammed the Browns for going to, to Greenbrier? I didn't slam the Browns. No, no, it was telling me someone there was a oh, national yeah, oh, yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I I I was getting a few text messages from people. That were not, ha- and I just explained to them. Look, like media these- or fans or friends, friends. And I just said, hey, these the- these are extra practices that would never have existed if they weren't in the Hall of Fame game, and they're just not going to be here. They're going to. And here's the thing: Kevin has I- wanted to do this since he walked in the door, of too. Yeah. And I would too if I was head coach. Would you not agree with the fact that this team could use a little more focus and discipline? And how do you get focus and discipline with your team? Away camp. You remove the distractions. Yeah. It's there's no difference between this or any business that does a remote day. Yeah. In any event, I don't have an issue with him going to West Virginia. I think it's important that Kevin gets gets an opportunity because there's a lot of pressure on him this year too. Let's let's be very honest about it. They have to win. Like there, there's no excuses this year. They have to win. They've got to make the playoffs. I'm sorry. Like barring some cataclysmic event that I don't even want to talk about because again I'm superstitious. Right. But like. When you look at this roster on paper, and I realize that and Andrew Barry will say it, Kevin Stefanski has said it, like paper doesn't matter, um, but it looks really good on paper. I don't know that they're a division champion on paper, 
I think that the, that still goes through the city of Cincinnati. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens would like a, uh, a word or two within that conversation. But I do feel like that from a personnel standpoint, Andrew Barry's pretty much addressed everything he can address. Again, maybe the Frank Clark veteran defensive end is like the last piece of the puzzle if that were to materialize. But when I look at the composition, like uh, he fixed the defensive line, brought in more depth there, right? Linebacker, all those guys are coming off injuries, so there are some questions there. But really wants to give those guys an opportunity uh, to show what they can do. You know, uh, tweak the safety room. Uh, you know, the corners are pretty much set. So it's, yeah, it's really hard to sit here and be like, well, if only Andrew Barry would have done this or that, maybe the Browns could achieve what everyone wants them to achieve. That's going to be playoffs. It feels like it's going to be an uneventful training camp. Let's talk. Uh, I, I want to talk. There's no such thing as uneventful training camp. I don't know. This could be. Browns. I don't know. It could be. It could be. All right. We've got more to talk about when it comes to your Cleveland Browns. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. If you want to be a part of the podcast, that's real easy too. Just go to social media, hit up Instagram or Twitter at game day CLE. Um, Daryl, I thought it was really interesting that the league decided to put Kansas City in Germany twice over the next two years. Um, and I'm just wondering about that expansion. I'm also wondering about the length of the season. And I when let's let's start with length of the season, then I want to get into some of the territorial stuff. The reason, Daryl, that I think the length of the season will expand, and whether it's on the back end or in the front end, is because once you start a European division, which we've talked about before, and we'll talk more about right now too, that if you get into that, you can ex- if you expand out the season and make the season longer, you can kind of diffuse some of the travel time over to Europe to kind of get teams back in a regular sync or be able to um, just have a little bit more normalcy when it comes to travel, especially going abroad. And, I mean, let's face it, the league has talked, well, at least we've heard rumors about not only playing on Monday, but playing on Tuesday, playing on Wednesday, and we already play on Thursday. So I think if you're going to start shuffling the days of the week that the teams are playing, I still think they need to have a heavy load on Sunday because the NFL owns Sundays. But I think that as you get further into this game plan down the road, expanding the number of days to play a regular season is going to become a necessity. And if you're Kansas City and you're a Chiefs fan, Chiefs fan, and I'm going to start with this question for you. does Do we know, is Kansas City have to give up two home games to do this in back-to-back seasons? Or will Kansas City give up one home game and then whoever they play the next year or the first year, they'll have to give up a home game. They'll Just probably, curious. Yeah, they'll probably do the latter where they give up one home game then, right. you know, one year and then give up another another. Um, or are they that, calling and, that the 17th game? Well, and well, that's how they quote give it up. Yeah. The second year. But um, yeah, everyone, the Browns are going to have to play international games on a regular basis. It's coming. Right. Um, the league is expanding their international footprint. They're trying to, to, glow, to grow the marketing of the league uh, in, a, in a global environment. Uh, we're, we're seeing that with the, the marketing deals and stuff that they've done. But, yeah, it, it is unusual, but this is all part and parcel to the plan. I think that eventually they're going to have a couple of teams in London because of the stadiums that are available. They're going to have a couple of teams in Germany, again, because the stadiums 
uh, are available. And um, I, I really think that eventually, too, you know, while they have played in Mexico, in, you know, I think Mexico City, um, I, I think it's going to – I can see them playing in South America. I can see them playing in Australia. I, I can see them maybe uh, – de- depending on the, the diplomatic thing, but maybe they play a, a game in China or something like that. Um, it, it's coming. It, it, the NBA, look at what the NBA has done, right? They, they played the a game in France. Paris, right? Right. Um, you know, the NBA has for years and years and years experimented internationally. Major League Baseball has done that, right? They've, they've done opening day in Japan before. So this is just all part of this uh, in, international push by um, the, the league, league yeah. to, you know, to, to grow it internationally. And Germany is part of that international footprint for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the, you know, they bought into the, the league's program there. So it makes sense that they play a couple of games in Germany. Is this what's best for the game, Daryl? This expansion, the having Europe involved, and 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 because I'm curious about that. Like we sit here today, and you wonder, is this going to water down the league somewhere down the road? Well, if you're adding four more teams, you're definitely going to well, water let's down. Let's be honest about it. where where is there more money to be made now? Like how can like because that's all the NFL is about. You know, they are not interested in their for as expansive as their revenue is now, they're not interested in their revenue stalling, right? They're interested in continuing to expand the revenue. And so that's why they came up with this. It's called the International Home Marketing Areas Program. Uh, This is what? A way to make more money overseas. Correct. Explain it to me. And so what it is is 18 teams were awarded marketing rights across eight different countries. I'm going to read this from directly from NFL.com. Quote, this initiative, known as the International Home Marketing Areas Program, grants clubs access to international territories for marketing, fan engagement, and commercialization as they build their global brands and drive NFL fan growth internationally. Here is how this lays out. And again, the Cleveland Browns have not participated in this program that I'm aware of. Australia, Mm. Los Angeles Rams, Brazil, Miami Dolphins. Canada is the Vikings and Seahawks. China, the Rams. Germany is carved up. Panthers, Chiefs, Patriots, Buccaneers, Mexico, the Arizona Cardinals, Dallas Cowboys, Denver Broncos, Houston Texans, the Chiefs, the Vegas Raiders, the Rams, Steelers, and 49ers. Spain is divided up between the Bears and the Dolphins. And the United Kingdom is divided amongst the Bears, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Vikings, the Jets, and 49ers. Well, I just, I like, I wonder, so how does that... Here's here's a map, I, I know this, but so I'm showing Andy right now. I'm right. showing him the actual map that the NFL distributed to, like, explain. Wow, look at that. The like, international HMA, and we're not anywhere to be found right, on there. The Browns are nowhere to be found. Why? And by the way, don't you think Buffalo would Should've... want Canada? That, that One would think, uh, well, may, well, remember, at the time that this was done, the Bills were still trying to get their stadium straightened out. So if they bought international rights to Canada, they might have freaked out all the Bills fans. Like, Oh, oh my God, that's going. a good point. That's a good point. So, um, and, I, and I don't know if, you know, I'm guessing, like, if teams wanted to buy in it. But, yeah, they, this is a, a way for teams to market to those specific countries their brands. Hmm. And, you know, maybe the Browns already figure they're an international brand, right? Boy, that's tough. I, I don't. I, when I see all the other teams, including Los Angeles, trying to hop on board on the other, I mean, you wonder. 
I mean, we do have Browns backers worldwide. Maybe that's kind that's of one why, of the things. So at. why would you want to just hold yourself into one spot? Does that also mean – does that mean the Browns can't go into those territories and try to – Correct. But what happens to existing Browns backers clubs there? Like, But the, and, the, and, the Browns backers are not owned by the Cleveland and Browns. And what does that mean, that these teams can go in there and – Buy, sell their jerseys and but you can buy anybody's jersey at NFL.com anyway. I I don't get it. Like I get it, but I don't get it. It's almost like saying to London, a hey, hey uh, think, think the Browns a, love you. Okay, think, think of it as a media market, right? Yeah. yeah so like we work for ninety two three the fan and Odyssey here in Cleveland, right? Right, right. Which means we can't go out into the same market and double dip. Right. Right. Kind of like same thing here. So this is basically these teams marking their territories around the globe. Got it. Giant fire hydrant across the globe. Makes a lot of sense. Is that a fair way to put it? And you can agree it's a fair way to put it. Yes, it is. It's one way to put it. I'll leave it at that. And maybe that's how we should leave it this week. How's that sound? It's always game day in Cleveland produced by our good friend and buddy, and we appreciate her like nobody's business. Her name is Meredith Kane. Thank you, Meredith. You're the best. Uh, he is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, well, then just hit us up on social media again on Instagram or Twitter at Game Day CLE. For Daryl Ryder, I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland.